of Jesus's ministry in the book of Mark. Mark's gospel varies from the other synoptic gospels. It does not open with a nativity story, but instead launches straight into John the Baptist's ministry and Jesus's baptism and subsequent temptation in the wilderness. Just 14 verses in, we are met today with John's arrest, a foreshadowing of the prophetic witness that Jesus will bring and his own struggles to come with the Roman Empire. And so it begins. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. When we hear this word repentance, we often think about sin. We did something wrong, and we commit to not doing it again. Repentance, though, is much deeper than simply saying, I'm sorry. When Jesus tells us to repent, he is calling us away from our old way of life and into something new. During our staff meeting this past week, we reflected on repentance and on the importance not just of moving forward, but of first acknowledging wrongdoing as a form of truth-telling. When we pray our prayer of confession each week, we are invited to tell the truth about ourselves and the world in which we live. In the same manner, to engage in real repentance in our own lives, we must tell the truth and name the ways we have fallen short before God and before one another. By acknowledging our shortfallings, then only are we able to move forward in honesty in our reconciliation process. Repentance more broadly, too, though, is a call away from a life and a call to a deeper life with God. As was the case with the disciples, they had not done anything particularly sinful, but instead were ordinary people who were called to leave their lives behind. Aaron Default Hunter writes, To respond to the gospel and to follow Christ often interrupts an ordinary mode of existence that is not in itself wrong. Rather, as we see with the earliest disciples, sometimes we need to turn from decent jobs or family expectations in order to embrace the good news. We see repeated examples in Scripture of people being called to leave their normal lives behind. The whole Israelite people were called from slavery during the Exodus and sent to new life in the Promised Land. This journey and resettlement was not without its trials, but through the doubts, the hunger, the fear for their lives, and the questions about their direction, God was constantly with them. Conversely, Jesus tells the story of the rich man who wants to know how to gain eternal life. When he is told to give up his possessions and follow Jesus, though, the man walks away sadly. The first disciples were called away from their families and jobs to join the ministry with Jesus. 
These were ordinary, working-class people. They were hard-working, skilled laborers who were perhaps a bit messy and smelly from fishing all day. They weren't the people who would have been traditionally trained as religious leaders. Instead, Jesus calls people who were just like us to be his friends and co-conspirators in the beginnings of his ministry. Both understandings of repentance are important for us to understand as we seek to follow God in our own lives. We must turn away from our ways of harming one another, admitting the truth about our failings and striving to be in more loving community together. But we must also be willing to let go of all that holds us back from God, not just that which we might consider bad or unholy. In a world that is hurting, we must be willing to name our societal failings in addition to our individual ones. And thinking back to the repentance and call of the Israelites, Rick Morley reflects, repent is part of the poetry of exile, something that the Israelites knew a lot about. Repenting when in exile meant going home. I think if we in the church talk more about going home than feeling bad, the church would be a healthier and holier place. And Jesus telling us that we can go home and that God will welcome us back and throw God's arms around us is such good news. We are called to find a new home and a new way of being with God. Perhaps this means leaving a job or the life we love behind, or perhaps it means challenging ourselves to look for new ways of being in community in the lives we currently lead. During this past year, we have unintentionally gone through a communal exile. We have given up a great deal, some things by choice and others not. We hear often that we can't wait to get back to normal, but I think that we have started to realize as a society that the old normal might not have been good and loving and worthy for everyone. We have an opportunity now to reconsider what we want for our futures, how we will reshape ourselves into a new normal that is wide enough for all to feel at home and safe. We are called to repentance in this time, and the work is already being done. We have been called through conversations about race, gender, and sexuality to acknowledge the ways that we hurt one another and isolate our neighbors, often without even realizing it. If we are to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth, let us open ourselves to how God is at work reshaping our future, even in the midst of a global pandemic. What has changed for you and your family this past year? What have you had to leave behind that has left space for you to feel closer to God? And what are you missing now 
that you are ready to return home to when we are released from this exile. As we move forward together, let us act as the disciples, drawing near to Christ, looking for God in the ordinary, and trusting that there is a future ahead of us if we are willing to embrace it. Before I started divinity school, I spent a year as a young adult volunteer, or YAV, which is a service year through the PCUSA. During the year, volunteers are asked to live simply in intentional community with the other YAVs, serving at local nonprofits and congregations while learning about living with little means. While reflecting on this scripture passage, I was reminded of a poem that was shared with us during our YAV orientation. This poem inspired me as I reflected on the calling of the disciples and our own calls, remembering all that we are called to leave behind as we seek to follow Christ. The full poem is on our church website in the sermon text if you'd like to read it, but I want to share an excerpt with you now. This is from Passover Remembered by Ala Renee Bozarth. Pack nothing. Bring only your determination to serve and your willingness to be free. Don't wait for the bread to rise. Take nourishment for the journey, but eat standing. Be ready to move at a moment's notice. Do not hesitate to leave your old ways behind. Fear, silence, submission. Only surrender to the need of the time to love justice and walk humbly with your God. Do not take time to explain to the neighbors. Tell only a few trusted friends and family members. Then begin quickly before you have time to sink back into the old slavery. Set out in the dark. I will send fire to warm and encourage you. I will be with you in the fire, and I will be with you in the cloud. You will learn to eat new food and find refuge in new places. I will give you dreams in the desert to guide you safely home to that place you have not seen yet. The stories you tell one another around your fires in the dark will make you strong and wise. Outsiders will attack you and some who follow you. And at times you will weary and turn on each other from fear and fatigue and blind forgetfulness. You have been preparing for this for hundreds of years. I am sending you into the wilderness to make a way and to learn my ways more deeply. Pass on the whole story. I spared you all by calling you forth from your chains. Do not go back. I am with you now, and I am waiting for you. The kingdom of God has come near, and we are called to be part of its creation. Roger Gensch writes, what this means is that we can no longer make our peace with this world as it is. We can no longer numb ourselves to violence and suffering. 
Disciples of Jesus are called to live as if the realm of God is a reality taking shape even now in our midst. Indeed, disciples are empowered to participate in making the way of God present in every age, including our own, until the day it comes in all its fullness. God's kingdom is already and not yet in its fullness here on earth, brought about by Christ's witness and resurrection and continued through the prophets and disciples of every time and place who seek to follow God's word. For Jesus, repentance and the good news of the gospel were tied together in order to bring about the kingdom of God. We are called to tell the truth about ourselves and about our world, not from a place of shame, but from the freedom that comes through confession. When we acknowledge human need for one another and for Christ, we are freed to move forward. Let us let go of our old ways and move with grace and compassion for ourselves and for others, creating a new life ahead as the called and beloved people of God. May we see and be the light in the coming days, co-laborers in Christ's work to bring justice and mercy to this world. In this messy, difficult, and beautiful work, remember that you are loved and called always to turn toward God. Open your hands and let go of whatever it is that you are gripping so tightly and make space for something new. Amen.